Welcome to the Blue Collar Pastor. I am Pastor Nick, joined with Pastor Nathan and Pastor Justin. Hello. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back again. Welcome to the pub. <laughs> um, so today, uh, I'll introduce the topic. Uh, we have discussed it. This is not something we uh, are just throwing out there this time because it's a little bigger of a subject. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely a bigger subject. So we're going to talk about eschatology or for somebody that doesn't know that term, it's, it's the view of end times. Um, and in particular, kind of where we stand to, we're just going to have that conversation like we were discussing before. Who knows? This trap. We could go down a rabbit trail of who knows where, but <laughs> we're sure still going to do it. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and and to be you know to be fair, while we hold to like I definitely you know myself speak for myself, hold strongly to one of these views. Um, we're not necessarily going to bash the other views. We're more just here to talk about like kind of way we see things and and whatnot. So. I will, uh, real quick, and I, it's not real quick, I just got to read a couple of paragraphs. I'm going to read um, like what each view is. is these are going to come from Ligonier. I thought they did a good job of describing all four of them. Um, there could be argument that there's actually four, five, six, if you get into like some of the different dispensational yeah. views there. But we're just going to lump those three together. Okay. Um, and uh, it will just kind of give a quick rundown, and then we're going to talk about, you know, kind of our views and... And where that takes us. So, um, so first, the first one, I, and by the way, the link, if this, you're listening on the podcast, there'll be a link uh, to this document that we're reading it from. I created a document. Um, also, we'll put it in the um, feed for like Show Facebook notes. and stuff. Yeah. So you'll be able to find this document if you want it. It's just something out there because it's got some good good information on there. Cool. Um, so dispensational premillennialism, that's where we'll start with. It offers the most complex chronology of end times. According to dispensationalism, the current church age will end with the rapture of the church, which, along with the appearance of the Antichrist, marks the beginning of the seven-year Great Tribulation on earth. The tribulation will end with the battle of Armageddon, in the midst of which Christ will return to destroy his enemies. The nations then be gathered for judgment. Those who supported Israel will enter into Christ's millennial kingdom, and the rest will cast into Hades to await the last judgment. Christ will sit on the throne of David and rule the world from Jerusalem. Israel will be given the place of honor among the nations again. The temple will have been rebuilt at the temple sacrifices will be reinstituted as, as memorial sacrifices. At the end of the millennium, Satan will be released and lead unbelievers in rebellion against Christ and the new Jerusalem. The rebellion will be crushed by fire from heaven and Satan will be cast into the lake of fire. The wicked will be brought before the great throne judge throne comma, judged, I've read that all wrong, <laughs> and cast into the lake of fire. And at this point, the eternal state will commence. Mm. So there, there's your dispensationalism, which formerly I did hold to. Mm. I'm not afraid Do they to. have references? Like where do they draw from? Like mainly from the book of Revelation? Or? It, they don't give me any any okay. references in the article itself. I there, I think a lot of it is drawn from, uh, Matt, from what I remember, Matt, because it's been a few years. Matthew 24 with the Olivet Discourse mm -hmm. and Revelation and then some stuff from Daniel, Ezekiel, and so on. I mean, there's okay. Okay. several places drawn from. Uh, so next, uh, and I guess, main, and here's I'll throw this out there. Main proponents to that uh, that main you may know because that kind of helps. Yeah. Uh, this has, I don't know who these, I know, I guess some of them. L.S. Schaefer, C-H-A-F-E-R. Uh, J.D. Pentecost, I'm guessing Dwight Pentecost. Uh, Ryrie, uh, who wrote the Ryrie uh, oh, yeah, Study yeah. Bible. Yeah. And Walvord? Never heard uh, of I've never heard of some of those guys. Some dispensationals that are listening to this might go, oh, yeah, I know all those guys. I, I just don't. 
Uh, what's so, the uh, dispensational Bible like? There's a Bible. Ryrie. Oh, the Ryrie, Ryrie study. Okay, isn't there a Schofield? Schofield, that too. Schofield. Okay, because okay. that might. I'm yeah. surprised he's not on there. Yeah, maybe that's so the other maybe one. He's there. Not. There should, I mean, there's small room. It's oh like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so now let's go to historic premillennialism. This teaches that at the end of the present age, there will be the great tribulation followed by the second coming of Christ. At Christ's coming, the Antichrist will be judged, the righteous will be resurrected, Satan will be bound, and Christ will establish his reign on earth, which will last for a thousand years and be a time of unprecedented blessings for the church. At the end of the millennium, Satan will be released, and he will, be, he will instigate a rebellion, which will be quickly crushed. The unrighteous will at this point be raised for judgment, after which the eternal state will begin. Hmm. Which so one was this again? This, that is historic premillennialism. Historic. So it's the idea that you know we're in this kind of age now, then Christ will come back, there'll be a millennial reign where he is here on earth. There will be Physically. A, yeah, physically reigning on earth. Then there will be a, a, a time of rebellion, very short rebellion, and then... So and believers and unbelievers will dwell together on the earth when Christ reigns from Jerusalem. Yes. And then so I'm assuming... The ins the rebellion that he incites is from the unbelievers. Uh, yeah, and Satan brings it up. So okay. as I said in this, now I know, I know uh, Charles so Spurgeon. Not was, too different than just the. No, it's not too. No different. rapture, I guess. As as not, as... Yeah, exactly. Okay. There's no rapture within it. The time frame of it happening mm -hmm. is very similar. There's a season, then the it's not Christ as broken up. Yeah, there's just not that in there. I know Spurgeon was a historical uh, premillennialist, and in this it says, uh, uh, "G. Lad." Again, I don't know. These oh, lad, you know that? Okay, uh, A. Reese. Why do Why do Reese. theologians always just go by their first letter? C. H. Spurgeon. Yeah, that? That's weird. <laughs> I don't know. Go by their last name. M. J. Erickson. I don't. Gosh, they're. Yeah, that's uh, the people they say. MJ. I, Michael yeah. Jordan. Michael Michael Jordan Erickson. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I you don't I don't hear as many like we were talking before um, we were started recording. You don't hear a ton of historical premillennialists anymore. Mm -mm. It's not really out there as much then we'll go into amillennialism uh so amillennialism ah. sees ah sees ah. revelation 20 <laughs> as a description of the reign of christ with the saints through the entire present age some amillennialists emphasize the reign of christ with the saints in heaven while others teach that the reign is also connected with the church militant here on earth amillennialists tend to argue that the growth of christ christ's kingdom has few if any visible manifestations the focus is more on the suffering that Christ has indicated the church will undergo. According to amillennialism, the present millennial age, which is characterized by suffering, will be followed by the second coming of Christ, the general resurrection, the last judgment, and the new heavens and the new earth. So hmm. amillennials believe we're in the millennial reign. Uh, right that, now. Right. right. And that, that, that the righteous are inherently getting more righteous, I guess you'd say. Like there's just a growth in that end of it. Mm -hmm. And there's also a growth in the, in the wicked. So there's kind of like a competing growth. The progressively Yeah, progressive together. growth and progressive growth. Um, but it's not like crisis. In, oh, okay. Yeah, I was just curious on how, what, what are the markers of the progressive growth of right the righteous? You know what I mean? It's like we know what the growth of evil looks like. We're kind of living in that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. and, and, and how do they do it together? That's just interesting to me. Uh, yeah. And like, how do you get more righteous? <laughs> I was like, what does that look like? Yeah, or I think it's maybe just like number-wise. Yeah, something? growth of the or kingdom. Like, of God. Okay, so the more more wicked. Christians. Yeah. Yeah, it just remind just reminds That's me of interesting. What Christ talked about the the one who sowed bad seed, mm -hmm. you know, in the field, which is the church. Mm -hmm. 
and then when they said, well, let them grow up together, and I'll come and mm-hmm. I bet that's what separate the, yeah. the shaft from the weed, basically. So... Yeah, so, and proponents of that are Louis Burkoff, who I know, I have his systematic theology. Uh, O.T. Nils, I feel like this is like that A.A. Ron skit, O.T. Hennessy. J.C. Burkhauer, again, don't know him, but I know you'll see a lot of Reformed Baptists will hold to the amillennial view and a lot of like Presbyterians. Mm We've seen that as well um, within those. I mean, you're going to see... In every denomination, some of this, some, of some will be represented all over the place. I mean, in churches, you'll see differences. It's it's not uncommon. I know at our church, you're going to find differences. It's, mm-hmm. it's all you know. It's just the way it is. And lastly, the postmillennialism, uh, which teaches that the thousand years of Revelation 20 occur prior to the second coming of Christ. Until recently, most postmillennialists taught that the millennium would be the last thousand years of the present age. Today, most postmillennialists teach that the millennial age is the period of time between Christ's first and second advents. As we will see, this means the contemporary versions of postmillennialism are very close in many ways to contemporary amillennialism. They are very similar. So a, a present reign yeah. without an actual yep. thousand years. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. Uh, the main difference between the two is not so much the timing of the millennium as the nature of the millennium. In general, postmillennialism teaches that in the present age, the Holy Spirit will draw unprecedented multitudes to Christ through the faithful preaching of the gospel. Among the multitudes who will be converted are the ethnic Israelites who have thus far rejected the Messiah. At the end of the present age, Christ will return. There will be a general resurrection of the just and the unjust, and the final judgment will take place. So it's this idea of a growth of the kingdom of God, um, and then Christ comes back, and it's a figurative millennium. It's a, it's not a, right. a true it's thousand a, years. It's like, uh, you know, the Lord owns, a, you know, a thousand cattle on the hill, or is that yeah. that number thousand was just a long time, mm-hmm. not exactly a thousand. And proponents to that, um, who this will have, and I know these guys. I guess, N. A. Brackenridge. N. N. <laughs> 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 no, he's not here. Uh, so Charles Hodge and Staley. Charles Hodge, BB Warfield, A. H. Uh, Strong, which would be Strong's concordance. Oh, I didn't know that. And then I could throw out there more, like uh, I throw out there. You know, there's Jonathan Edwards held to it. Yeah. Uh, John Owens, um, Cornelius Van Til, Rush Dooney. I'd throw these guys out there because I'm familiar with yeah, them. Yeah. This obviously is going to be the, the the view that that we hold to. Uh, R.J. Rush, Dooney, Douglas Wilson, Jeff Durbin, David Chilton, Bonson, Sam Storms, Kenneth Gentry. I mean, uh, there's quite a few. It seems to be a growing Gentry. Um, yeah. Pun intended, it's, it's growing, which is like postmillennials. It's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> a growing number of people. <laughs> a growing number of. But I'm, there's, I mean, there's people on both sides of, or on all sides of this. Like, right, and they're all brothers. And yeah, brothers. like, sisters, like a good example of that was R.C. Sproul was a postmillennial. And one of his best friends was John MacArthur, who was a dispensationalist. Like, yeah. if we always think that like these kind of things divide, well, these guys could come together. Like, you had a, a fundamentalist Baptist and MacArthur and Sproul, a, a PCA, I believe, or yeah. I, I, I Presbyterian, PCA, yeah, PCA, yeah, Presbyterian Church of America. These guys connect together and actually work together and then you throw uh, John Piper in there who's like a historical premillennialist. Mm-hmm. I guess he is a historical. Yeah, he was. You know, you go through these guys like how did that even happen? Like, what's, what's Wilson? Wilson's post-mill. Post-millennial. Okay. Oh, pff, duh, I shouldn't have that. Yeah, he is post-mill. Um, 
So, so those are kind of the views, and we're not here to bash necessarily the other views um, in any way, um, because you know, like I said, I, I held to a, a, a dispensational view for a long time. Yeah. Uh, for the first several years of my 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 um, conversion, um, so I, you know I, I understand. Um, I'm not here to bash that on the other side of it. Though, like we got to have those conversations and we talk about it. Like yeah. when we're just hanging out, we talk about things like this. So, well, having gone through these for you know in the last number of years or whatever, as you read through the descriptions, each one of those I can go or so, parts of each one I can go. Oh, I can see where they why they believe that. Yeah, you know what I mean because. I mean, obviously, we all draw from the same book. Exactly. And, yeah, and, and there's different points where we just interpret it differently. Right, exactly. You know, it's like the Olivet Discourse. Like, did that, was that speaking of a time where Christ would come and, and wreck Jerusalem? Mm -hmm. Or was it talking about that in a future time? Or is it talking about a future time? Like, but that's one chapter. There's, yeah. oh, well, how many chapters in the Bible? 3,000 or something like that. Like how many chapters there are and you take all those, like there's a handful of them that we argue over and make a big deal over that we don't really have to. We, if we just have those conversations, like instead of right. throwing each other things at each other, it's like, oh, let's just stop and like talk about it and go, okay, we don't agree with that yeah, part. We'll we on. Yeah, we could get lost in the details, mm -hmm. you know, and like, like for me, like when it comes to post-millennialism, I, I don't get, well, I, like obviously we don't know the day or the hour where I said that. Um, so my, my emphasis is on just the victory of God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I see in Daniel two, I see in first Corinthians 15, where the growth of God's kingdom grows like a seed, a small seed that just fills and fills, you know, and Daniel two says that the kingdom of God will grow like a mountain that fills the earth, you know, and there's all these verses. That, so in Psalm 110, mm -hmm. he shall, you know, all his enemies will be put under his feet. He shall reign until then. That is probably, I think that's the most re- quoted yeah. in the New Testament, yeah. right? And when you read it in the context of uh, 1 Corinthians 15, it says that that will happen and then the end comes. Yeah. So that's when I, that's right, at that point is when I stopped being a dispensational premillennial is when I realized, oh, wait a minute. There's no gaff. There's the tribulation. There's just, boom, there's the end. There that's is. the return yep. of Christ once his uh, enemies under his feet. Yeah, I think that it's just good to know that there's other other views on it, mm -hmm. you know, like, because I think growing up in, in a church, I thought everyone's dispensational. That's yep. what, you know, mm -hmm. you had. Um, oh, that's what you grew up as, too? Yeah. Or at least when I, you became a Christian. I thought that was the only thing that, you know, everyone yeah, believed. My wife I didn't know there was any other beliefs. Your wife still believes that. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's a she joke. She just we, loves we, the idea of a rapture, yeah. I think. That's yeah. It. And yeah, who wouldn't, you know? Mm. Like, Jesus, yes, right. please come now. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Any minute. But I think it's just the there's the differences in, in what it is, is um, just the millennial. Like, mm -hmm. when is that going to happen? And yeah. when, what does it look like? But they all be, they all believe, like the Bible says, that there's a, a second physical coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, so it's important. just, where are we now? You know, are we... And that's that's where the differences lie. Well, there is within that there is a heretical view. It's called uh, full preterism. Yeah. So, yeah, so typical postmillennialists are what's called partial preterism, meaning that that a lot of in a nutshell, yeah, a lot, a lot of, of the prophecies have been fulfilled, but not all. Yeah. But the full preterist view, which has been I mean been shown to be heresy, says that they have all been complete. Mm -hmm. including the second coming of Christ or the, the, the raising of the, the, the second resurrection and so on, which I still can't wrap my head around how they, that even yeah. makes sense. I guess I've yeah. just never studied it enough to go, okay, but I just go, when as soon as you tell me all of the prophecies are done, you miss some. 
So mm-hmm. then, what was the conclusion to that? And I don't remember. Is like, was it basically this is it? Yeah, this is it. And like, that will be so, with the Lord. I don't know. So I don't know. Everything that we read was spiritually fulfilled, not yeah. physically. And it's, so we're just this done. is the way the world will always be. Yeah. I I don't I don't know though. I've never dug into it too deep, but know like a ton about it. Somebody out there, yeah. our tens and tens of listeners would probably know a lot more about it than we would. Hmm. Uh, but I do know it's a radical view. I know there's hmm. there was some yeah, uh, controversy with Gary Demar recently over that. I don't oh, know yeah, whatever yeah. came of that. I again I don't I don't know these guys, so it's like whatever. Y'all can argue over it. I've got God and Government by Gary DeMar. It's a great book. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But so, so, so at the end of the day, we're, we're within this view. It's, it's a very optimistic view. Um, post-millennial. That, yes. The post-millennial view is a very optimistic view. The Christ kingdom is, is gaining steam while, while like we mentioned, there's some arguments that people make. Well, well, things can get bad. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not like this straight line. It's not some graph we put up that goes A to B and it's done. Like mm-hmm. it's this mountain that goes up and down. Like mm-hmm. I think we're in a time of decline. You could go back to the time of kind of right after the Puritans there in between like the 1800s, 1700s, where there was like a good time. Like as far as this kingdom of God went and things yeah. were growing and, yeah. and blessing. You had the, the the missionary movement that happened during that time and gospel was going forth and and then you see like today where things just seem to be going to hell in a handbag yeah i guess it really comes down to like what do you define as you know progress i mean just because things in the west seem really bad doesn't mean like like i still hear god's doing work in china oh yeah right africa there's whole nations in africa whether it's zimbabwe or something like that declare themselves to be a christian nation yeah you know a lot of homosexuality right yeah like god is moving and all over the world and just because like our the decadence we built in the west is starting yeah. to crumble at the you know at the foundation which obviously it would mm-hmm. right anything built in opposition to god is going to crumble and fall and that's just another example of the the progression and the victory of his kingdom as you can't just build something and as i see we can do it without you and they tried that at the tower of babel yeah. right nebuchadnezzar <laughs> tried it too yeah look what i've done like, yeah no you didn't and so, like, what is our idea of victory when we talk about the God's kingdom? Like, obviously, someone could say, well, I don't see a lot of people getting saved. Well, that doesn't mean 100 years from now, all of a sudden, there won't be revival right? right? Or, or a move of God. And that starts happening. We just look in these, like, short time frames rather than, you know, planning out, well, you know what? Let's start planning today for our children's children. Yeah. Because God's not finished. You know, but... Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of uh, long-term views in the, in the West. No, we don't. We live for we live for today. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, but that postmodern view with the with the positive view says, you know, I I do plan for my children and my children's children. You know, we we look to the future. We we want to see the kingdom of God grow, mm-hmm. um, and we believe that if Christ is doing that, like all we got, we've just got to be faithful. And and you know, like I look at my kids and go, I want you to be more faithful than I ever was. Like to build more than I ever built, to right. do more than I ever did, and like I want to, I want to see that. So I'm always looking to the future, trying to raise the kids better than you know, than I am, mm-hmm. and and that's Pass the hope, on. right? Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't fall to like, oh no, it's all over. You know, view. It's like more like, hey, it's it's being built. Like we're part of the building. Yeah. And or you know, I may just be. I'm not even a brick in the wall. You know, <laughs> not even an ounce of dirt within the wall. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like it's Christ's kingdom. It's Christ who's building it. And that's 
you know, it's the God, like, like, uh, it's the gospel of the kingdom. Yeah. Right? It's the good news that the king is God, which you think of Christmas, like Christmas was, when you think of the actual event of the advent of Christ, yeah. like that was the beginning of a kingdom being built. Like the king came, he, he did what he said he would do. He bore the sins of his people. And now we look at it and go, now he's sitting on the throne and he's reigning and ruling. Mm-hmm. And he is calling the nations to repent. Yeah, um, and you know it, it, it takes a favorable view. Yeah. End of the day, you know, there's things like abortion. You think of that. Like we, this was a righteous nation when it came to abortion for a long time, mm. and all of a sudden we've, man, there's abortions by the thousands every yeah. day. Uh, what, are we six thousand a day or something like that? Like three, three thousand a day. Yeah. And, you know, and there was a time when that didn't happen. Yeah, and so obviously our nation has has <clears throat> needs to repent. And he's been called, but it doesn't mean that the rest of the kingdom of God isn't growing too. Right. And I mean, you can't read the Bible through without walking away going, oh, there's an expiration date on evil mm-hmm. and out of control wickedness. Like there is just word after word, especially in the Psalms, that God will uproot and cast out the wicked and establish the righteous over and over and over. It talks about that. You know, and then you get into the Gospels, the meek will inherit the earth. And, and there's just so many references the, of the destruction of the wicked and the establishment of the righteous. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just a theme that you find all through the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I know? think they would all have that same understanding and belief that just the time of it, you know, mm-hmm. like when will this happen? When will these things oh, happen? Oh, you mean like end times views? Yeah, yeah like they, but I think it's, um, so if, so it, uh, they would all believe that those things would happen, but like what time would that happen? Mm-hmm. And our, what is our role in that? Mm-hmm. And then, so it's like, I think it has a lot to do with our, well, to me anyways, like just the the view of salvation. What did, what did Christ come to save us from? You know, mm-hmm. is it just to save me for, so I can go to heaven one day and, and be with him? Or did he come to save, save his people from their sin and then, you know, save the, the whole world, the nations. And, and are we a part of that? And, the great commission comes into, you know, into that and let to go into all the nations and teach them to obey Christ. Right. And, and so I think our view of salvation is really shrink down a lot of times when, when we just think it's about us and yeah. individually, you know, not, right. not all aspects of mm-hmm. everything we see, um, to obey Christ. And, but so. yeah, he's, he's redeeming the cosmos. Like he's yeah, redeeming yeah. all, all of creation includes the furthest out depths of space. Like the things we haven't seen yet and don't even have, can't even fathom in our minds. Like he is redeeming all the cosmos and it was mm. all because of what he did on the cross. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. it. Gather all things in heaven and earth. Exactly. You know, so the, the view though, at the end yeah. of the day, like it's more of a, it, it, it would take, and I'll just, let's throw it this way. I'll throw a question to either of you guys take yeah. this. So what do you do with, cause I mentioned it before the Olivet discourse, Matthew 24, like what, how does that fall into the post-millennial side? Oh, you know, how does it fall? Do you, do you know? I, no, yeah, I, I, I do. Okay. Yeah. Like, wh- how do you interpret okay, that? Because so, that yeah, would be a, a question somebody asked. So my interpretation end, is a quick, yeah, you a quick, yeah I, I don't have enough of it in my That's, memory bank. Yeah. But for me, like when you study it and what I've read, it, it was a description of 70 AD, the destruction of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. right? And the details that Jesus gave of, of the destruction of the tower and the walls and not one stone laying on the next. And then you read things like Josephus and history. It becomes a very vivid, clear picture that that's what Jesus was talking about. So it wasn't this distant end times future to us event. 
but it was specifically for Jerusalem. There's a future for them who was written future to. for them for he was speaking to at the moment, his yeah. the context of the audience. Yeah, as he said that these things will happen before this generation passes. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, you know, he says things like that. I remember when I read that before, I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense because that generation's been long gone, right. you know. But right. so you're, always thinking you're trying to fit your dispensational mind. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was wait like, a minute. Well, I don't understand what do you mean by that verse. Yeah, because there's a lot of things like that. Right. Would, like if it's talking about something in the future, well, it seems like he's talking about right then, you mm -hmm. know, or or soon. Mm -hmm. Um, and in Revelation where he says, I'm all these things that are soon take place and yeah, I'm the I'm a partaker with you in the tribulation. I'd read something like that and I'm like, wait, well no, but that's not for ways away, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, some of the things I and had that's uh that's like Revelation chapter one. Yeah. Like verse two or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you guys, but the way the Bible set up sometimes like earlier when I was first a Christian, I would glance over the intro and then start like verse four whenever mm -hmm. I get but when you read those intros, there's so much theology. Oh, and I'm yeah. just like that right, right there. He's yeah. talking about, mm. he actually says, you know, he talks about will soon happen. It says it, I think, a couple times. Mm -hmm. yeah, and you're like, soon? What, is soon? what do you mean by soon, John? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I partake with you in the Great Tribulation. Right. Like, I'm, a I'm <clears throat> going through this with you right now. Yeah, because someone placed the writing of Book of Revelation in like 80 AD, which I would hold to more like a 60, somewhere in the 60s. 67 AD. Before 70 AD for sure. Mm -hmm. That's where I would take it. But again. Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't there, so I don't yeah. know the date. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes, but it does take those things, and it says there's like a, they were they were fulfilled, mm -hmm. like those kind of things were fulfilled. We're still waiting for Christ to return. We're still waiting for the general resurrection. We're still waiting for the resurrection, like the resurrection of the just and the unjust. We're still waiting for these days. We're waiting for Christ to come and, mm -hmm. and sit on His throne on uh, and remake the world. Like we're still waiting on this time where we're just with Him and the sin is gone. You know. But so, it, like, like we were saying, there's a few, there are some texts that, yeah, we might read differently yeah. than others. Um, but again, it's like it's okay because there's, I mean, there's still debates within, you know, Calvinism, Arminianism. There's debates all over the place. But the joy of it is like, I, I, I know, like when we came together at like Ecclesia, there was differences in some the theology. Like there were some differences. Sure but, there still is, yeah. yeah, there are, and we realize like, but ninety nine percent of everything we agree on. Mm -hmm. What is the point of focusing on the one percent? Mm -hmm. Because man, like, there's so many things that we're we we just focus on those so often that we miss. Right. We miss the blessings of one another. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah, okay, I hold to a post millennial view. Yeah, you hold to a you know, like, some guy holds an non millennial view. Doesn't mean we're not brothers. Like, mm -hmm. these are right. what what we're we're what we're what we're seeing different is like how we view the future. Yeah. That none of us are there yet, anyways. Like the future is tomorrow. It's always tomorrow. It's always going to be tomorrow. <laughs> you know, the future is always tomorrow, and I ain't even guaranteed tonight. Unless you go back to the future. Oh, that's true. Make a time machine. <laughs> that could be yesterday. I would. I'd go back and make maybe gamble on a couple of sports games. No, it's kidding. <laughs> <laughs> make a bunch of money and then no. I guess um, I really thought about it. You can't go back to the future. No, you can't. <laughs> Let you visit the future mm -hmm. and then revisit it again. Revisit it again. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Anyway, um, so I mean, yeah, this is the this is the type of stuff that we could talk about all day, mm -hmm. um, but it does hit home. Mm -hmm. Like there are practical applications. What are some of the things that come to mind? Like when you come to when you come to your your views of the end times, yeah. do they play a part in your day to day? Say uh, maybe in our thought day to day, um, because I think most of them at least the way I'm thinking it through is it's while it's thinking ahead, 
Mm -hmm. um, all of them are thinking ahead because none of them are thinking back. Just like, not some are further out. Yeah, some. I, that, yeah. That's where I think that practical comes in. It looks, you know, it's like, man, if if like in like the way my brain works, if if Christ is building His kingdom and it's going to be generational, it could go for another ten thousand years. I don't know. It makes me look at my kids and go. Okay, the future, they, they need to be trained to, to, to take the church into the future. Yeah. Uh, they need to be trained to love their families. They need to be trained to build the kingdom of God and continue that. Like it just, it, it, in my brain, that just makes me think mm -hmm. ahead. Like it's not me. I want my, like I said earlier, I want my kids to be more faithful than me. So it's yeah. always this training mode in my head, like training the kids to think this way. It doesn't mean that the others don't think that way. It's just saying that's, in my head, it goes there. Yeah. Well, and, and things start, like, matter. Mm -hmm. Like, politics start to matter a little more. Mm -hmm. You know? It, you think, well, you know, it's not like we're just going, well, any minute now we could be out of here. It doesn't matter what the wicked are doing. Right. You think, no, I start to think differently about the way the nations are around, the way politics happen. You know, that's how I'm talking mm -hmm. about myself now. You know, so I, I never had those views. I never cared about it before. You know, now I'm just going, okay. God does have something to say about how we live as a nation. We live as individuals and families and things like that. Long haul. How do we see things change? How do we see things grow? You know, in the preaching of the gospel. I mean, there's that's the only thing we're given as a means to bring the truth of Christ to the world. And if we're not preaching the gospel as the church... And we don't see growth. We don't see anyone getting saved. Who do we blame but ourselves, right? Right. Right. But if you believe the gospel actually be victorious, then why are we not out there more? Right. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that falls. It's not an eschatology problem, you know, because I know people that all different views that are really faithful and preaching the gospel. And I know people that are in all different views that are not faithful, mm -hmm. you know, so it's not like because you can think like, well, maybe it's, you know. Maybe it contributes, but it really, I mean, you know, people from all different sides that right. are really faithful and they think that their, their belief is that they will be raptured soon or maybe sometime soon, but, but they're faithful, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I, know. I guess I could see that. Cause so, yeah. so say someone has a view that we have an undetermined amount of time, but it's very soon. Yeah. I could see that putting fire into them. Yeah. I need to preach the gospel because the end could come in a moment. Yeah. And also, I can see someone, you know, Christ might not come back for 5,000 years. I am guaranteed of the growth according to his words. So I'm going to be lazy about the kingdom, right? Yeah. So both could be fired up with a short-term view and a long-term view. Yeah. Yeah, because one of the most faithful preachers of, like, open-air preachers is a premillennialist. It's Ray Comfort. Like, he's a, he's a dispensationalist. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that dude is out there doing the work mm -hmm. every single day, a whole Living Waters group, which... We're always grateful for because they come yeah. speak at our have been speaking at our uh, our our fundraiser for one life yeah. for life every year. Like mm -hmm. we get we get those guys there. Like yeah. mm -hmm. you know, you can be faithful within there. I I like you said though. I my question actually from what you said is: Are you so what political office you're running for? If you're thinking, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so right, you're thinking more about politics. Like you're gonna run for something here. And I don't know if I'll vote for you, but run for janitor. <laughs> yeah, man, do it. Run. <laughs> no, but no, but you you hit a. Uh, a key there that's the preaching of the gospels was important. Mm -hmm. Like that's what we're commanded to do, mm -hmm. to, to live lives that glorify Christ and, and, and share the gospel, like with our kids mm -hmm. looking out for long haul, share with our neighbors, loving our neighbors ourselves by sharing the gospel with them and, and, and doing good. Um, that that's the key. That's the important part. Not knowing all the details of when, <laughs> you know, this or that might happen. Yeah. 
Like we can get lost in that and mm-hmm. our neighbors are going to hell. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think for your, for your average person too, it almost feels like eschatology can be used in a way to kind of distract us from our job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like your average person, honestly, all Christians, it, at the end of the day, do we believe Christ is coming back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we know when that is? Nope. Do we know how it's going to look? We, we, we think we do. We've got our determinations from the out from scripture, but like if your average person, it does, it's just distraction. It's a point to argue. It's kind of like politics where we come up with these things for people to argue about yeah. mm-hmm. and, and it distracts us from the main purpose. Your average church member, it doesn't affect yeah. like it just doesn't like, but we get stuck on it yeah. for some weird reason. We just get stuck and we, 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 you know, yeah. this guy believes this way. Oh, he's a heretic. Oh, this guy's this mm-hmm. way. He's a heretic. We're just yeah. causing this, division you know, it's a division that really that, that stops us from being faithful. It stops us from like working together within those, you know, within church to church that may differ. Like, but the gospel needs to get out. That's mm-hmm. more important than your eschatological view. Yeah. It really is. Cause, cause, you know, somebody's going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. When it comes to eschatology, somebody's going to be wrong. Yeah, it's I'm not Jesus, yeah, but yeah. it's us, yeah. You know, and so, what is the big deal with it? Like, I do think there can be a very unhealthy fixation on it that can can cause us to to really to to stumble and cause others to stumble. Mm-hmm. And that's where we got to watch out for. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about that, thinking about this topic the other day, and I was just like, you know, I don't, I don't know all the details, all right? So that alone says, okay, don't be too hypercritical. Yep. of other brothers and other views but also look at the substance like for me i know he must reign until his enemies are put under his feet right i i know that and so i'm i'm settled in the in the victory of god's kingdom how that looks in every detail i don't know mm-hmm. i just have assurance from scripture that he has victory yeah right he had it at the cross he and i mean god gets what he pays for like the victory is his mm-hmm. right and i could i can rest there and love my brothers who have right. different views. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, personally, like Christ as a post-millennial, yeah, Christ come back at any point he wants. He can come back tomorrow if he wants. Yeah. Uh, that's that's his call. But I don't get fixated on that. Like my, yeah. my goal is to focus on my, love my family, love my church, love my friends, yeah. share the gospel. Beyond that, like what really matters? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like for you, it's it's being out in front of the abortion mills, fighting for the lives of babies every single day. Like that matters. That, that matters. Mm-hmm. But so what also matters is people that are working a mundane job and just mm-hmm. glorifying Christ in it. Like those, we just need to be a, a generation. Like, wouldn't it be nice to look, it's like someday the generation from you know, the 2000s on was just a faithful generation. Just love the Lord, shared the gospel, got out there. Instead, we're so busy fighting over eschatology, we miss the God, the chance of the God. I'm not saying we can't do both. Mm-hmm. can't debate and have those conversations, but they're in-house conversations that should be conversations, debates, yeah. these kind of things. But your average like person, it just doesn't. like To me personally, while it makes me think certain ways, it doesn't affect my daily living. No. I mean, you think about our testimonies. Think about the testimony of almost everyone you heard. They're usually pretty, quote-unquote, mundane. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I was one late night, troubled in my heart. I called my dad. He told me I needed Christ, and I believed him. <laughs> and he led me into prayer, and I, I was saved. Mm-hmm. And the power of God mm-hmm. saved me, mm-hmm. right? But it was just like 19-year-old kids sitting alone at home, 
Yep. <laughs> you know, and boom. Praise you the know, Lord. And then that's how it happens. It's just people, mm-hmm. family members, friends, just share the gospel with each other. Mm-hmm. You know? But I will make a little joke there. There, There is some proof there of post-millennialism because you started as a charismatic. And now you've progressed. Now <laughs> 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 he doesn't put his hands all the way up. He's halfway up. <laughs> Slowly working me down. Just carrying the TV. <laughs> <laughs> I just, this TV's getting heavier. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, no, I just I had to throw that out there yeah, as a fun, so uh, you know. But I, I think at the end of the day, while we are that post millennial, yeah. it, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't affect our daily lives. It does. You know, when we read scripture, and and there's certain ways we're going to interpret certain things. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, like if we're not being faithful in the little things, does any of that even matter? Mm. Like, yeah, that's important. Does it really, really matter if you're being faithful and the Lord's going to call you home at some point? Yeah. Just be faithful, mm-hmm. you know, share the gospel, be faithful. And while we hold to a certain view, um, and yeah, it affects how we read certain texts. Typically, you know, in my private devotions, when I'm, it's just me out here in my pub reading my Bible, you know, on lunchtime, it's, it's me reading my Bible at lunchtime and be a Lord. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. okay, there you go. Well, okay. So in those yeah. moments, uh, they, it does affect my day because I can get pretty bogged wow. down by things that are happening in our, our nation. There mm-hmm. you go, yeah. Right? Okay. But then when I read, the, you know, about the victory of God's kingdom and, and, and about how he encourages us to be faithful and that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, you know, boom, God uses that to encourage mm-hmm. me, you know. And so that's one area that I think the day-to-day is really affected. Mm-hmm. It just changes my outlook, you know, and gives me uh, peace. Yeah, and even on that post-millennial view, like, not every victory is a victory of the kingdom of God, too. Like, <laughs> you know, we think of modern medicine. Yeah, some modern medicine is a gift from God. And it is some of that view of the God blessing the nations. But there's also some really wicked stuff out there. Like, in medicine. Could be a curse. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah some God. of it. I yeah. mean, mm. you know, you look at it. Uh, 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 geez. Do you want to go there? Yeah. No. No, I do. I do. You're questioning it. A specific specific point. Because, like, right, this will probably get us off YouTube, I bet you, from saying this. Yeah. But, like, when it comes to vaccines. Oh, yeah. yeah, Like, well, they use use aborted fetal cells in them. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not a blessing. Is that a fact? Yeah. Yes, they're from the, what, 70s or something like that? There's a baby that was aborted. They've used these cells ever since. Yeah, they've had more yeah. since then, but yeah. yeah they, so they like they're other. they're used for that. Like that's not a blessing. No. Like there's a curse within that blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, like my kids aren't vaccinated anyway. We just never have done it. Don't do it, but I'm pushing on other people. Like, but I don't think that's a blessing either, though. There's things like that where well, you go, yeah, you're... well, there's that great blessing of of vaccines. Well, yeah, there are, there's some been some good ones, but I think we've just distorted it as we've gotten more wicked in our mm-hmm. nation. A lot yeah. of nations have just distorted it, and like. It's okay to put a dead baby inside. Yeah. This is not okay. Yeah. So I think what your 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 initial point was the fact that not not every single advancement yeah. is necessarily oh look post mill yeah which people want to do post mill post mill right like, right like, no mm-hmm. it's like I mean yeah can we say that Christian uh, thought Christian ethic Christian things had developed the progressive fruitful things of the West. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the history just plainly puts all that out there. Right. But it doesn't mean that every little thing happened to the, the newest iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> isn't hashtag post mill. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, 
That's not how we look at the view or the victory of God's kingdom. Right. The rule and the reign of God in his righteousness. Right. I would mm -hmm. say that the propagation of the gospel, the salvation of souls. Mm -hmm. I see that as the victory of God's kingdom. Now, Christians will take the, the minerals and the residue of the earth and create beautiful, wonderful things out of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, I think there's two different things there. Mm hmm. And yeah. not everything is hashtag post mill. Yeah. yeah, but it definitely does help when you're, you know, I know going to the abortion mills all, all the time and especially early on and like leaving after you just saw a lot of, a lot of babies get murdered, you know, and just really heavy stuff. But then just knowing that Christ is ruling and reigning and, and he will have victory because he already is victorious. He yep. is ruling and reigning right now. Yeah, and then, so you know that that is going to end. Because he is king now, you know, and like, like that's how we can go through those just, you know, not run from the evil, but go and expose the evil. Yeah. And knowing that he's victorious and, and he'll, he's going to put all of his enemies under his feet. And, mm -hmm. and I'm so thankful that I was his enemy and he put me under his feet, right. you know, yeah. and saved me. And that's, that's the message we proclaim that, that although enemies of God and, and haters of God, he came to reconcile even, even me. Yeah. You know, by his own blood, and and he's a gracious king, and then the freedom in that we don't have to serve under the the heavy tyrannical hand of sin and ourselves anymore, but we can be set free to serve to serve him, and and that's and then you think of the church, and he's the head, and we're the body. So like, what would Christ? So Christ is here on earth by the Spirit in His church. Mm -hmm. You think like that? That's amazing. Mm -hmm. The living God here on earth spread all over the yeah. whole globe by His Spirit, and He's the head. Yeah. So what is it going to look like when he, He's dwelling in His people? You know, what, what power and, and love and transformation. But the, I think the problem is we just, we've just become so prideful, mm -hmm. you know, and, yeah. and so God, and God opposes the proud, and yeah. He's not blessing, like, like because it's, we think it's all like us doing things instead of just worshiping him and following him and loving him, you know, yeah. because, well, that'd be hard to just go do that. Or, you know, we don't, we don't see salvation rightly. I think a lot of times. Yeah. We're uh, <laughs> definitely afraid of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Losing comfort. Yeah. It's yeah. tied to the American thing probably, huh? Oh, right. Like there's the, like, well, are we just going to be comfortable and try to get, you know. Yeah. The older I get, the more I go, I think the Amish got some stuff right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind living out in the middle of nowhere and not have to worry about going to Walmart and fighting the lady in her pajamas to get the last TV. <laughs> yeah, you got a big puff of pot smoking right. in your face. Yeah. Like, you were at Aldi earlier. We bought the car just pot, like, smoking. Oh, like, yeah. Man, like, well, you can't even go anywhere without getting blasted in the face. <laughs> Welcome to Michigan. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> in reference to the verse, or the rule and the reign of Christ that you were just talking about. Psalm, so we talked about this, but Psalm 110, I'll just read mm -hmm. it. It says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Mm -hmm. So that verse right there, rule in the midst of your enemies. The rule of Christ, even when there's enemies. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? Uh, your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. And the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. You have the dew of your youth. The Lord has sworn, I will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. That always makes me wonder. Hmm. Like, did David have any idea? Like, he <laughs> writing that down, but like, what am I writing? <laughs> what am I talking about here? Like, that's just amazing. Like, he would pull that out. And then it says, finishing up, it says, The Lord is at your right hand. He shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. 
He shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> He shall execute the heads of many countries. He shall drink of the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he shall lift up the head. Mm-hmm. And it's just like we have Christ's reign all through that, but yet mm-hmm. not in ways that we would describe it as mm-hmm. being great for everybody, mm-hmm. right? especially mm-hmm. his enemies, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, we all believe for sure that Christ is going to cast down his enemies. Yeah. Like it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Like yeah. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think we can end it there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so. mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we'll just talk about if there needs to be a part two or not. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think we did pretty good on, 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 uh, on the topic of just trying to kind of explain it a little bit. Well, we're not theologians. None of us are. Like mm-hmm. the, the whole top point of this is we're blue collar. Like none of yeah. us are, are historically trained theologians. We're, we're pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, we're shepherds. And and things like this, while they do, oh they're talked about a lot. They're, you know, you get on any social media and it, you get the right thread going. It can be everywhere <laughs> and all kinds of debate going on. Yeah. And, and yes, people have different views. And yes, you know, like, while I may say, I feel like mine is right. And th- that is inferring that somebody else's is wrong. Um, it doesn't mean that yeah. I hate you or think you're an idiot. It just means that we disagree on a point. Mm-hmm. Like there's lots of things yeah. I disagree on with you guys. Like, mm-hmm. like those beards aren't long enough. Those are like, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> wrong. It's just not <laughs> right. Yeah, upside down. Well, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> you can go with the afro because you're balding. So yeah, you that's a little like a pinhead, but with a big beard. And it would go out here. It would be it. Oh, yeah, you should go with it. Yeah. But yeah, but all of our theology will get corrected real quick when we exactly. see Christ, you know. Yep. So that's yeah. the great thing. Exactly. So we'll leave with that. That's a great point. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think I'm going to read any more scripture. I think Psalm 110 that you read was perfect for mm-hmm. it. Um, so we, we just want to, I guess, thank our tens and tens of listeners. <laughs> um, maybe we've got 11 this time. Maybe my wife said she might listen to this one. Oh, good. Um, so that might give us 11. It'd be a big deal. I don't know if your wife will. Yeah, and if so much. and if anyone listens to it and yeah. it just gets the that conversation going or the, yeah. the idea to research it some more, you know, just it's a good thing. Yeah, Absolutely, and study yep. the word and yeah, and he's gonna know. put like you said, you put the link in yep. there to, to this a good document start. that just at least gives you a breakdown of them and then a little bit more on the, the post millennial view. Yeah, um, so that'll be in the description. You see it; it'll be on Google Drive for anybody to see. So, cool. all right, well, thanks for. Uh, listening, watching, whatever it is you're Joining us. Joining us for the tens and tens of listeners. Peace out. See you.